You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave this love to us. It was a free gift. And the Greek word here is didomi. Didomi. It means to give, but it carries a stronger connotation. It also can be uh, translated bestowed, which we have in our verse here, or lavished. Lavished upon. Bestowed has the idea of a one-sided giving instead of return for something. God didn't give to get. God just loved you. Do you realize how much the Lord loves you? As you listen to today's message from Pastor Dave, he teaches you about the incredible love God has for you. God loves you so much that he was willing to send his one and only son for you. God has loved you with an everlasting love, and that love for you will never change. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 John chapter 3 as he begins his message, What Measure of Love? The Apostle John, writing his first letter, says this in chapter 3, verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us, because it did not know him. So, here we are. I'd like to share with you, if I could, this morning, a beautiful story that I read the other night as I was preparing for this message. The story is told by a Christian daycare worker by the name of Anne. And she writes this. It seems that one day a beautiful but very troubled little girl came through the door of the center where Anne worked. From the very beginning, Anne became captivated by this child who had so little but needed so much. She was heartbroken that the four-year-old could suffer so much heartache and so much pain. You see, this particular little girl was born in prison after her mom had used marijuana and crack cocaine her entire pregnancy. The little girl was nonverbal, had never spoken. She had very little control over her emotions and knew that any progress that they may make with the little girl would be a mighty battle. She knew this because whenever someone would approach the girl, she became violent for long periods and ended up in a fetal position on the floor crying out. So Anne began to pray. She found herself praying for this little girl day and night. As the months rolled by, Anne finally made some headway and she began to bond with this child that no one cared for, no one wanted. And although they had worked hard taking one step forward, there always seemed to be four steps backwards. Their daily routine was simple. They would sit in a great big rocking chair in Anne's office. The little girl snuggled on her lap, hugging her close, and they would just sway back and forth. And as they did, Anne would sing, Jesus loves you, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. 
And she would sing it over and over and over. And for somehow, for some reason that we know, the girl became calm. And the girl was at peace during these times of song. One day, after a very, very long and exhausting battle, Anne once again held the little girls in her arm, trying to calm her fears and trying to calm her pain. And as they rocked back and forth in that silence, Anne recalls this, quote, Then this fragile little girl looked at me with tears streaming down her face, her eyes swollen from crying, and spoke for the very first time. Sing to me about the man who loves me. Blinking back tears of joy, Anne says, I knew the Lord had won the battle. Don't you just love those words? Sing to me about the man who loves me. Wow. Think about the man who loves us. Loves us with a love that breaks through barriers. A love that eases pain. A love that has no equal. A love that is pure. A love that is gentle. A love that is kind. The love of a father. Not just any father. But the love of God, our creator, and our redeemer. And when I read this, I immediately went back to the verse that basically broke open the movie The Chosen. When Jesus looked at Mary Magdalene and he said, But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, you shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And I'll never forget the look on Mary's face when Jesus said that to her. And she heard him, and she looked at him, and she felt that love for the very first time. That's the love I want to talk to you about today. That's the love This is the love that the Apostle John experienced. This is the love that all the apostles experienced. The love they knew on a personal level. The love that made their lives real. A love that he wants us all to experience. And a love that is available to all. Think about it. The Apostle John had been more blessed than most people in history. Many prophets had desired to see what John had seen and to hear what he had heard. John had spent three years as one of the closest disciples to Jesus Christ. He had heard Jesus' profound teaching. He had seen Jesus perform miracle after miracle. He had seen Jesus transfigured in all his glory on the Mount of Transfiguration. He tearfully watched as Jesus was crucified. But he witnessed Jesus alive from the dead after the resurrection. And he watched as Jesus ascended into heaven. And now here's this old man. We might ask him, John, as you think back over your illustrious life, as you think back over your wonderful time that you have, what stands out? What what motivates you and what gives you hope? What would John say to us? Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. That's what John would say. In fact, he did say that, and that's our verse for today. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we would be called his children. John begins with the word behold. He says behold. And here he uses the Greek word ido, which is much more than to just look at. It usually carries the connotation of intently staring at something very, very impressive. 
something remarkable. In fact, in Mark 9, 15, in the original King James, it says, speaking of Jesus, when they beheld him, they were greatly amazed. And running to him, they saluted him. We know for a fact that John writes in his gospel in Chapter 1, verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as the one, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And John is saying, behold what manner of love. Behold this. Look at this. John wants us to behold this. He wants us to see it as he saw it. A love that is still available today, a love that is every bit as true, every bit as pure as when John first experienced it. A love that is available for each of us today. John is wanting us to behold what manner of love the Father has given to us. Because why? Because this love is different and is distinguished from all other love. It's different than any love you've ever experienced in your entire life. He says, take notice of this love, for it is truly remarkable. John says, Behold, what manner of love. In the context here, the word manner means the way someone behaves towards another. The way someone behaves towards another. God's behavior towards us is always love. Scripture says his manner over us is love in Song of Solomon 2 verse 4. And the meaning here is that God's love is openly displayed. It's openly displayed towards us. It's a public demonstration, and it was publicly proclaimed on a cross. God's love was demonstrated toward us when Jesus died on that cross. And it means that God is not ashamed to call us his children. He openly proclaims that. So what manner of love has God displayed toward us? Well, one thing, it's an unmerited love. It was freely given, unconditional, no strings attached. God doesn't love us because of who we are or for what we've done. He loves us because who he is and what he has done. You can do nothing to earn God's love. It's unmerited. It's given to him. He called his grace. God's love is undying. It endures forever. It's an everlasting love. It'll never fade away. It'll never cease. It's always available. It's unfailing. God's love never fails. His love is not based on whims or feelings or passing fancies. His love is rock solid. God's love never fails. It never ends. His love never fails because he is love. God's love is out of this world. It is out of this world. It's not an earthly love. It's a great love, a giving love, a pursuing love, an enduring love. His love is a comforting love, a soothing love, a healing love, a measuring love, and a protective love. His love is pure. His love is perfect. God's love is sacrificial love. He sacrificed everything he had to demonstrate his love to you. God's love is a saving love. His love is a saving love. The wonderful plan of salvation began with the love of God. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whomever should believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. The manner that God loved us is most incredible. It's hard for us to fathom and understand. Then John writes, behold, what manner of love? What manner of love? And the word here is agape, agapeo, Greek word for love, a different kind of love. It's the love that Paul wrote about in 1 Corinthians 13. And we use it and we throw it around so easily, but do we really understand what he's saying? 
in chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. Love suffers long and is kind. Then he says what love is not. It's not envious. It's not puffed up. It doesn't parade itself. It doesn't behave rudely. It doesn't seek its own. It's not provoked. Thinks no evil. Doesn't rejoice in iniquity. But love rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. This is the love that the Apostle Paul is talking about. God's love. God's unmerited love that continues to pour out upon us. The love of John is speaking. This is the love that you need to know. This is the love that he wants you to have. God's wonderful love. John says, behold the manner of love that the Father has given you. Who's doing the loving here? God the Father. Where does this love come from? It comes from God. He initiated it. The scripture we're going to read in a little while in 1 John 4, 19 says, we love him because he first loved us. God initiated it. Why? Because God is love. This love is coming directly from the Father that was manifested to us through his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. And it was confirmed to us by the anointing of the Holy Spirit that John talked about last week and the week before. Jesus praying to the Father in John 17 says, I have manifested your name. God's name is love. John says, behold, what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Again, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave this love to us. It was a free gift. And the Greek word here is didomi. Didomi, it means to give, but it carries a stronger connotation. It also can be translated bestowed, which we have in our verse here, or lavished. Lavished upon. Bestowed has the idea of a one-sided giving instead of a return for something. God didn't give to get. God just loved you. He just loved you with an everlasting love. As I said earlier, this is foreign to the world. And this kind of love is hard for the world to fathom. John is calling on us this morning to wonder at this particular kind of love that God has so graciously lavished upon us. He's calling you to behold it, to think about it, to let it seek in. He's longing for us to see it. To behold it with amazement, with wonder, and to accept it. To accept it. And lavish carries the connotation of the measure of God's love. God's love cannot be measured. His love coming to you, he says, is more than the stars in the sky. More than the sands of the sea. So go out the wildwood, pick up a handful of sand, and start it slipping through your hand. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Count all your kernels there. God's love is even more great, than, more greater than that, greater than that. God's love cannot be measured. It cannot be measured. This whole sentence carries the idea of love conferred in honor, in the giving of a gift, giving unmerited favor. It confers a right. God gives us this gift, and along with this gift comes a right. What is the right? Look at it. Look at the second part of our verse today. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the children of God. That we should be called the children of God. This is not only results of God's love. This is the purpose of God's love. This is why God loved us, so that we would become his children. <coughs> this is not some high-sounding name we get to bear. 
This, my friends, is a reality. It is the truth. This is who we are. We are children of God. How many of us have sang, do we really realize when we sing, I'm a child of God, yes I am. I'm chosen, not forsaken. I am who, I say, who you say I am. I'm not calling you a child of God. He's calling you his child. I am who you say I am. Sink it, let it sink in. You're being called his child by the most high God, the creator of the universe. It's God who says I'm his child. When does God declare me as a child? When I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's when God calls you his child. Back in 1948, Virginia and Herman Shank gave birth to a baby boy. I was called their son. It was my birthright. A birthright is a possession to which a person is entitled to by birth. Therefore, I can use the name Shank and all the benefits that came from my mother and father and my brothers and sisters. That became my heritage. It was given to me by my parents. But when I became born again, not by the will of man, but by the will of God, when I became born of the Spirit, I was also given a right. I was also given a privilege to be called a child of the Most High God. We studied it in John 1, 12. In the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, Jesus Christ, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. So I didn't give up my right birthright as a shank, but I got a new birthright. A much better birthright, a birthright from heaven, a birthright from the most holy God. I became his child. I became his child. Yes, hallelujah and thank you, Lord. It was God's love bestowed upon me that has given me that right. And now since I have that right, I'm not ashamed to call him father. I'm not ashamed to call him daddy. I'm not ashamed to call him my father in heaven. And you know what? He's not ashamed of me either. He's not ashamed of me either. I love that. I get to call him God, Father. You have to understand something here. You have to understand what it means, the children, the children of God. He's, John is saying that not everyone is a child of God in the sense that John is talking about here. Think about this. God's love is expressed to all in the giving of Jesus Christ for the sins of the world. But, This does not make all of humanity children of God in the sense that John is talking about. He speaks of those who have received the love of Jesus Christ in a life of fellowship and trust in him. Those who have called upon the name of Jesus unto salvation and have become born again of a living hope. That's who John's addressing here. And that's who John is saying, child of God. That's what John is saying right here. And if we are truly children of God then it should show in our likeness to the Father by the way we love one another. goes back to that love chapter. So brothers and sisters, we're all one in God. We are all children of God if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. What a wonderful gift. What a wonderful gift. And although human love is wonderful, and we all desire human love, God's love is so far greater. God's love is so far greater greater. God's love is the life-changing force in the universe. Paul writes about God's love. He says in Ephesians, who can fathom the love of God? Who can even fathom it? It's here someplace. There it is. In Ephesians 3, 
Look what he says in Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, whom, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Wow. Understand the height, the depth, the breadth, the length of Christ that Christ would dwell richly in your hearts and be at home in your hearts, that we would be rooted and grounded in that love. Behold what manner of love the Father has lavished unto us, has just freely given you, has just poured out upon your hearts, and it continually pours out. This is my prayer for us as well today that we would experience more of this love through Jesus Christ and that we might really allow it flow through our lives and touch the lives of everyone else, that we too would be rooted and grounded in the love of God. What's being said here by the Apostle Paul is tremendous, and he's building on what John is saying here. He's saying, God, guys, God loves you so much. And I'm praying that you would know the depths of that love, the length of that love, the height of that love. If you could only fathom the depths, if you could only fathom the height and the length, if you could only see it, if you could only feel it in your own lives, and your own body, the depths at which Jesus Christ went to to get you to love him, to show you God's love, the depth that he went to, the heights that God wants to take you the heights that he hasn't even begun to take you to yet, that you're going to be seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and you're going to be a joint heir to the kingdom. Oh, my goodness. To understand that, if we could only know, Paul says, if you could only know, if you could only digest it, if you could only accept it, if you could only comprehend that which is beyond knowledge, Paul says. It's beyond our knowledge, but hey, I want you to understand it, but I know you can't because it's so foreign to us. It's so foreign to us. When you recognize your birthright as a child of God, and when you walk accordingly, something's going to happen. You're going to be unrecognizable in the world. Look what the last part of the verse says. Therefore, the world does not know us because it didn't know him. He's talking about Jesus Christ. Take heart, brothers and sisters. When you walk as a child of God and the world does not know you, you're in great company. They didn't know Jesus either. I love what Guzik said, quote, Therefore, the world does not know us because our unique parentage from God, we are strangers to the world, or should be, unquote. This shows the great danger of Christianity that works so hard to show the world how much like the world they are. The church needs to stop showing the world how much like them we are. And we need to show the world that we are children of the Most High God. You are We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on A Sure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. 
There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank available to listen to and even share with your friends and family. Just look under the Messages tab. You can listen to additional teachings from this series in 1 John or jump into another book of the Bible. A Sure Hope is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cape May. If you're without a church family, we'd love for you to join us this weekend. We meet weekly on Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. and We'd be happy to meet you and hear your story. You'll find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. Look on our website for directions, as well as the various ministries that we offer. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we understand and we'd still love for you to be a part of our church family virtually. You can join us for Church Online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at assurehoperadio.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. Well, this edition is coming to a close, but we're grateful that you've been a part of our listening audience today. Make sure you join us again next time for more from 1 John, where Pastor Dave has more to share about this book. We look forward to that time with you again as your heart is reminded of God's love here on A Sure Hope.